time for your heart-stopping news-packed 60 minutes of radio adrenaline. Webmaster Radio presents The Pulse. The Pulse. Take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena. This weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news, offers insight on the biggest forum discussions, and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community. Our hosts have made their way to the round table. The Pulse, the Pulse. The Pulse. starts now. Hello and welcome to today's edition of the daily of the uh, Search Pulse. Daily, not daily Search Pulse, but the Search Pulse weekly. Um, it's the twenty third edition. Today is Tuesday, March thirteenth. My name is Barry Schwartz, and Ben is not with us today, but Chris is with us as always. He's the associate editor of the Surgeon Roundtable. He works in the SEO department as a search strategist at Avenue A Razorfish. Um, Chris, did you notice that uh, Pandia dot com? You know the popular uh, search site, they uh, voted us, or they mentioned us as, like, the second uh, most, uh, you know, top search marketing podcast out there, right behind Danny's Daily Searchcast. You see that? Really? I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, so it looks That's uh, really great good. to know. The and, dog pound um, is in full effect. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And uh, they call us, um, what do they say here? We're, uh, we're an oasis, you know, compared to uh, Danny's rapid pace, so good to know. We're very... Uh, um, how do you say? Relaxed, calm, very uh, monotone in a sense, mm. and uh, which is good and bad. And yeah, it's good to I, be. Uh, I guess that means we should be uh, drinking mojitos or something like that during the show, maybe. Right. Well, I'm hoping you have some there now. <laughs> no. But anyway, Ben's not with us today. He's on a pilgrimage, I think, over um, in where is he exactly? He's in the UK somewhere. He's, um, I think he's probably in Spain by now. Uh, he went to France, and then they were uh, traveling down uh, towards Spain, and they were going to see some uh, churches and other uh, religious sites. And you're in New York right now, right? I am in New York, well, the now, city that never sleeps. And I'll hopefully see you tomorrow at the IMNY, the Internet Marketers of New York uh, Organization meeting. I'm looking forward to it. Sounds good. All right, anyway. To the uh, Pulse stuff, um, I posted a link in the chat room to last week's show, the 22nd edition. In that edition, we talked about, um, we started off with uh, Google's click for our numbers. We also talked about the no Yahoo directory tag. We talked about other things from Yahoo.com and Google, and some of the legal issues, Microsoft Ad Center bugs, and a lot of other topics. So if you missed that, go ahead and check it out. There's a link to it at um, SE Roundtable. Just click on the archives and go down to the search pulse section in the category archives and you'll check it out there. Um, but um, the big topics for this week include a bunch of link updates. Um, Google went ahead and did uh, a major link update with their new Webmaster Central link tool. So if you log into google.com slash um, what's it called? Uh, .com slash webmaster slash sitemaps uh, or just go to google.com slash webmasters and link to it from there. You just log in there, um, you set up your site, and you should be able to see all the links that Google knows about um, to date in, in there. And Google, when they first launched it about a month ago, they said that they didn't, have, they didn't document every single link because it just needed more time to actually you know, put that information in the tool. Um, but now, hopefully, they said um, that, they didn't say this, but they, they implied it from last post that most or all of the links as of that update, should be um, accounted for. And a lot of people noticed that when the link uh, update happened that um, it didn't actually show, it showed like, let's say you had 100 links, it only showed the past links. Let's say you started off in the first, on the first update, the first time they launched, you had 75 links. But then with this update, you had 100 links. It actually showed you the link details. If you clicked on the export link, it only showed you 75 of those links. As of... I believe um, March 9th, that's when they started to show the actual links in the export file. So if you go there, you can actually go ahead and check out all the different types of links that you acquired over the last bit of time. And I did a, a big uh, lookup to see the types of links that we got at the Search Engine Roundtable. And it's very weird because most of our, our links that were popular last month um, are pretty much not on the chart anymore in terms of the top 10 most linked to items. And I put up a chart at the Searches Roundtable on March 9th um, with that, those details. For example, um, my most linked to article, 
points the Google Link tool was Google sending out more Google coolers to AdWords advertisers. That got ridiculously digged, sent a lot of traffic to Search and Roundtable, and according to the Google Links tool, they actually got 1,961 links. That one article got 1,961 links, external links from other sites. Um, and it wasn't even on the map before. And let me do a compare and contrast. Last month, the most popular article was a conversation with Google CEO Eric Schmidt, which is a long time ago. I wrote an SES topic. Uh, conversation from, with Google's CEO Eric Schmidt was from SES, I think, San Jose, or maybe even New York. And that only had 80, 80, 844 links. Um, now, I took a look at the same article, and it has 966 links. So it's still in there, still increased in links, but it's not you know, that high up there in the charts anymore. Um, I also I seen, I looked at some past you know, um, old popular links, and it seemed like their links count went down. So what I'm going to do is, next time Google does a link command, I'm going to compare and contrast a lot of links, try to figure out where those links came from, and try to figure out if they went to supplemental or if they did some other things where they would go off the charts. Because I'm not really sure how long Google considers a link a link. And this could actually be very useful in determining um, you know, how long a link is a link. And, and um, if those links disappear, does obviously Google picks up on that and try to figure out how long a link might last and why do you have to constantly build up new links. Um, so that is my, uh, I guess, five-minute overview of what happened with Google's link tool uh, over the past week. Um, Chris, what are you, I mean, I'm sure you saw a lot of things happen with that. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, actually, I really didn't see that much happen with it because I have been so uh, away from uh, the world, as it were. Uh, but it's very interesting, and I actually can't wait to uh, look at some reports. Um, uh, what I'm curious about is uh, really how they're um, organizing the links. Um, you know, I'm sure that they may say that they send them out randomly, or I, I, I haven't read, but... Uh, yet as to how they apparently report the links. Uh, do you know if they are supposed to be uh, sort of, there's the idea, you know, that uh, theoretically at Yahoo um, Site Explorer, you know, the way that they, the order that they're reported in is possibly uh, in terms of their strength. Uh, do you know if there's, if, if that would be the case uh, from, from the reports that you've seen here? I don't, think the, I don't think the reports show in that sense. Um, the way I get to the data is I can't even look at the reports. I have to click export the data, and then I do a, a sort by in Excel on the most popular, the most, you know, I sort by the number of links. And based on what has the highest number of links, those are the articles I link to. I mean, okay. the round table has, let me see here, I think it has, uh, all right, so we have, we have 178,137,000 links. Um, and the previous one, we had 131,000 links. So now we have 178,000 links. Um, so I couldn't link at every single link, obviously, but I exported the top 10, um, stored to buy it, and then I have some of those links, but I didn't look that deep into it. I hope to next time, but I want to do a compare and contrast. So I exported all the data, and next time Google does a link update, I'll do already some type of program that can analyze the data of both links, um, link exports and try to figure out what's going on. I think that would be pretty useful. I think it could also make uh, for some good um, analysis if you then uh, check out your, your uh, log files and see if the uh, uh, inbound uh, entry pages tend to match up uh, or, you know, if there are some similarities in, in uh, the popularity of the entry pages via the popularity of the link numbers as well. I mean, obviously your main entry page is going to be the home page, but, uh, you know, some of these uh, specific articles that have been indexed and obviously linked to a bunch of times uh, to, to try to analyze uh, and, and, and see if there's going to be any relation there, because then you could probably use this kind of data to, to, to um, better, uh, possibly better uh, plan for where you want uh, traffic to be entering your site, or maybe to use a particular page uh, to slightly change the content within it, for example, if there's a lot of uh, inbound links to it, uh, and, and maybe add a call to action if that's if that's your end goal or whatever the case may be. But I, I think that it, this is really cool, and, I, and, and the way that you've done the, uh, you know, the, the, the way that you've broken it down in the top 10 inbound links, uh, you know, the, the specific page Pages that are getting those inbound links. I think that's a that's an awesome tool to have too because it really uh, 
cleans it up and, and, and saves you a lot of time. So I'm looking forward to playing with it some more. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great tool, and I, I'm very happy they did it, like I said, a billion times already. <laughs> but that's not the only tool we have. Yahoo also created, as you said, Site Explorer, and Site Explorer tells you the links according to Yahoo's eyes, what Yahoo has found. And that same day, um, <laughs> I also reported that Yahoo did a Site Explorer link update where they actually started reporting um, an increase or a decrease, depending on how your links went up or down, in the number of links you have according to Yahoo. Um, so according to Yahoo, on February 6th, we had um, 197,153 external links. And then as of March 7th, about a month later, we have without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit searchadnetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. Enjoying top payouts and unparalleled affiliate support is as easy as xy7.com just call 1-866-XY7-PAYS and see how it pays to join XY7 for increased conversions and higher revenue via the newest and hottest ad campaigns call 1-866-XY7-PAYS today or sign up at xy7.com and find out why thousands of other successful affiliate marketers already know so don't wait call now 1-866-XY7-PAYS 
pays. That's 1-866-XY7-PAYS. XY7.com. The only ad network you'll ever need to get paid. XY7.com. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding and hassles with low cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the ISEDN.org. Now, back to The Pulse, Pulse. only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host... Hello, welcome back to the Search Pulse. Again, this is Barry Schwartz, and with me today is Chris Bach. Um, we just discussed the Google and Yahoo link updates, and now we'll be talking about how Google has officially requested webmasters to block internal or external um, links um, to their search results, meaning let's say you have an internal search um, engine, like we do at the Search and Roundtable. If you have ways for a search engine to index those search results, i.e. you put a link to it or you um, somehow have a land a way that a search engine can actually crawl those search results. Um, Google has asked you to please exclude them using the robots.txt file so that the search results do not show up in the search in Google search engine. Um, they added a line to the Google Webmaster guideline saying, use robots.txt to prevent crawling of search result pages or other auto-generated pages that don't add much value for users coming from search engines. Again, it's the whole user ad, user value add type of concept. And um, Matt Cutts had an interesting post named Search Results and Search Results. Danny Sullivan had a very interesting take in terms of looking at how search engines actually index shopping search engines, like they do with Price Grabber and all these other things, and CNET reviews and all these types of things. And I looked at it from the stance of, what about pages that are actually like like search results, um, but it's really part of the navigation? Like you filter down by men's basketball sneakers, and you can filter down by men's Nike basketball sneakers, and you can filter down by men's Nike basketball sneakers between the range of fifty dollars and seventy four dollars. Um, and then, what makes the search result? Um, you know, at what point is the search result um, not, you know, so value add? I mean, there's some cases where they might be value add, and some cases where they aren't value add, and there's a big gray area. But the question is how. Is Google going to go ahead and attack this? And at what point are they going to build filters to block these types of things? And and what is that? What is that gray area? Where is the line? And obviously, with most things in search, there is a, there is no fine line, and you got to figure it out for your, for your for yourself. So, I mean, it's a great topic, and you know, Chris, I'm hoping you have something. Just you know, something your thoughts on this would be pretty interesting to hear. Yeah, one of the first things that I thought about this is that um, I'm wondering if it's um, it. it in this case, though, it looks as if they're trying to get you to um, to remove, obviously, the links to search results, like the ones that you had to reputation management, for example, in your post. Um, and the, the thing that I thought of is that there may be some uh, effort underway to try to better identify uh, made-for-AdSense sites, um, that are using internal uh, search results kind of to drive further, um, you know, to, to drive further impressions uh, and, and potentially click-throughs. But it, it, I, I don't think that exactly matches up well, but I was wondering if there may be some connection there uh, so that they could better, uh, in, in an automated fashion, you know, look at a website and, and try to determine whether it's, a, it's an MFA or not. And then I realized that, well, this is kind of a completely <laughs> different topic. So, uh, but I'm curious if, if, you know, if first of all, if you think there could be any connection there or not. Uh, but as, secondly, uh, one of the things that that makes sense is that you know Google obviously doesn't want they want people to be able to go into their search results, click on a site, and and, and go to that directly to that page. So. Um, you know, you don't. They they want the the user experience to be as best as possible, so they don't want their their results cluttered with uh, 
with uh, search results. Now, as far as that getting indexed, and, and I think that the topic also, uh, they also don't want people, for example, to use them in paid uh, search, if, if I'm correct, uh, whereas as, as, a, as a paid search uh, landing page. And I would imagine that, uh, is, is that right, first of all? Or are you specifically search? talking about uh, organic uh, results here? Yeah, well, they're not really, I mean, then I don't, obviously, yeah. I mean, you see Price Grabber and all these different shopping search engines have ads all over the place. Um, you even see Ask.com put up an ad linking to their search results saying we have better search results. So I assume it's really on the organic side, yeah. So... Because I mean, and and where where it potentially was related to the made for AdSense was from the paid idea, and I think I just misunderstood the topic a little bit when I read it earlier today. So, uh, to me, I mean, I guess maybe, I mean, it seems to be like that we're making a lot out of this. But how how many of these results really do show up in in, in the Google search results? Uh, um, it, you got, I mean, there's tons. It, I mean, there's tons of examples of how this. How many? How these results show so up? The DVD I mean, player is one that uh, Danny shows here. Right. Um, I mean, uh, personally, I, I, and I'm sorry, I'm just kind of reading along with this, and again, uh, I apologize, I didn't have as much time to prepare for the show like I usually do. But to me, this isn't that negative of a result, like this BizRite shopping search thing. I mean, if I'm looking for a DVD players and I'm bought to this page that has, you know, it's the first page of five pages of DVD players, I don't think it's all that bad. So um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what it is, why they're going up against it. It's just, it's a little bit confusing to me. Now, I know well, I'm not in the reason, circles well, <laughs> since I first started saying that, and, and I said that it does seem like it would be a better user experience, but if I look at that DVD player search that Danny pointed out, it, it's not all that bad. Right. Um, the question is, where is it bad? And the reason this came up in the first place was Philip Weston over at Google Blogoscope posted at Google Groups saying, hey, why is Google indexing YouTube search results when, you know, it's not just, you know, putting that in their video search results or something like that. So um, Vanessa Fox said, hey, I'll look into it. Then she added a line to Google Webmaster Central, I mean, Google Webmaster Guidelines, saying we do not find these results, specifically the YouTube type of results, useful. And Matt Cutts agreed and posted at his blog saying this. The question is how far, as you're saying, how far does this expand? And it really expands, and obviously they put that line in there. When it's, they put that line, don't add much value for users coming from search engines, like auto-generated pages or search result pages that don't add much value. So what is that point where they don't add much value? And that's pretty much the question at hand, and I think that's up to each individual case to look at. And I don't know if Google's going to go out there and say, hey, we're going to go ahead and do something about this, or if they're just asking webmasters to block it. Um, so... It would be interesting to see this. I mean, it, it, I guess it's possibly just to try to cut back on, on some of their server loads. And, and in most of these cases, uh, you know, that's going to add thousands of pages then um, if it's set up properly in the site um, and, some, you know, and, and, and linked to, like you said, either via a navigational structure or, or something, then it's going to increase the crawl time. And, and so that would make sense that they're just trying to, you know, keep only the main pages. But in the case, again, of these shopping sites, I mean, those are their main pages. So, I don't know. I'm going to have to read Danny's whole post here. As usual, he wrote a great long <laughs> post about this. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a long post, though. And all the posts are long. In any event, I mean, it's a very interesting topic, and I really am looking forward to seeing how Google handle, handles this on an automatic basis. Obviously, mm -hmm. they are trying to handle this with screen scrapers and MFAs, um, and there's lots of examples of those types of sites out there that just link to search results. And there's so many out there. The question is, at what point is it, again, not a value add? And that's the question. Mm -hmm. um, automating that would be very inter interesting. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next topic. Um, there was a post over at Anamap, uh, which shows a screen capture of Google showing actual search volume numbers at the Google AdWords keyword tool. So... Right now, usually Google shows, if you go to the Google AdWords and you click on the keyword tool within your campaigns, 
what up comes, you type in a keyword and you press enter, it actually shows you search volume, but it actually shows you on a scale of, I think it's a scale of, I don't know, 1 to 10 or something. It's like a little green bar. And then, but it never actually showed search actual volume numbers. Now, um, at least on his screen, he saw that it actually showed like exact numbers. Like for the month of February, we had 51,232 um, you know, searches for the keyword, whatever it was. And it actually showed the actual number of volume uh, in a number, which it never did before. I logged in. I didn't see A lot of people aren't seeing it. Also, it must be something they're testing. The guy who posted it said, after he logged in again afterwards, it's not showing up for him. So there is a discussion over at Digital Point Forums about this. Everybody's very excited and hope, hoping that this will actually happen. The question is, will it or not? We don't know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it just seems like a very useful tool. And if Google did come out with it, I'm sure... Um, AdWord advertisers, as well as even organic, you know, people will um, love to see that data and get access to that. So, Chris, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it'll be cool also to test uh, and see. Let's say you're running some broad match terms or or standard, and 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 you want to make sure that you actually did get full exposure, uh, or how far away you were from full exposure. For example, if uh, you know you set yourself a budget and you're trying to, you know, there's a lot of paid search advertisers that sometimes wonder with that daily budget how, how many searches they may have missed in a particular day. So if you do that on a monthly level and look at your impression totals and and, and, and put them up against the AdWords uh, uh, prediction. Now, I assume that these are obviously just uh, searches that are occurring at uh, Google, so you'd have to obviously line it up against uh, just your Google uh, paid stuff. But I, I think that that's one method that could be very useful to people that are trying to balance and, and figure out their budget and figure out um, exactly how much to allocate towards particular keyword baskets. Um, it seemed to me uh, that that some of our paid search teams have actually had this capability for a little while um, because uh, I happened to mention it earlier on to someone in a meeting here in the New York office, and, and they were talking about how uh, they use a, a rule uh, of numbers, and, and, and it seemed as, as if some of the paid search teams are still using just the overture suggestions uh, in terms of trying to estimate uh, uh, for possible uh, keyword volume, but uh, there were some other teams that had been uh, you know, using the AdWords tool and were getting numbers on it. So uh, I'm not sure if this is something that's being tested and that, that's been tested you know, a little bit more extensively with large agencies or not, but I can certainly find out, and, and I'll go in and, and put a comment on that particular thread. Um, but I think it's great, like you said, you know, this, uh, there, anything that we can get out there that gives us a more uh, solid example or a solid estimate of the actual numbers of searches is great. Um, one of the big problems that was always with Overture's tool was that there's a lot of automated searches included in, in those numbers, and that's why, you know, I, I wrote an article uh, ways back at Search Engine Watch about how, uh, you know, there's not really that that many really dependable keyword research tools, and there it's because there are fraught with these kind of problems with the automation. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Google comes out and, and it's a little bit more clear about exactly how they come to those numbers and whether or not they are trying to uh, avoid uh, what seem to be apparent automated searches or multiple searches from the same IP, for example, um, to really, uh, you know, how, how accurate we can we can expect that number to be. Yeah, I guess time will tell. And, yeah, if you could find out more, poke around your you know, your ad guys, your patriots guys over there, mm -hmm. and let us know if they have it, in fact, and maybe even some screenshots would be really cool. Um, but, yeah, I guess let us know next week. Okay. Cool, thank you. The next topic is how to get a job at Google. So um, let's say you're looking for a new job. You like Google. They seem like a nice company. You hate spammers, uh, whatever. You like Google, but you don't hate spammers. In any event, you want a job at Google. It could be anything. It could be from you know working with Matt Cutts. It could be working with Vanessa. It could be working in the paid side. It could be working as a I don't know a janitor there. The question is, how do you get a job at Google? And I have a post over um, at the searching roundtable on how to do so. Um, there's a uh, it's based on a thread over at Digital Point where somebody's going for a job interview and he asked me from some feedback on, you know, how to actually, you know, go about it. And obviously, there's different processes. And obviously, before you apply for the job, 
you first have to look at the best location that fits you. So if there is a new loca- a location that's near you, like New York is next to me, you would look for the jobs in the New York location, and you can go to jobs.google.com and sort by that. And then you could actually look by your area expertise. Um, they have it broken down by job type from security and safety to engineering to marketing to, you know, other things. And you can just look through there. And then you look at the actual jobs that are actually posted and see if you actually fit that and see if you meet the requirements in those job posts. And it's like any job interview. Then you have to prepare for the Google phone interview if you get that far. If you get that far, they email you back and say, hey, we have a job for you. And, you know, you would you be interested in, uh, in uh, an interview, then you have to get ready for that interview. And then you have to research the people that you're interview- that it's being interviewed. It's really like anything. And I have a post over there. I'm not going to go into much detail. But, um, you know, because I really never applied for a job at Google, so I never went through this process. But I'm sure there are people who have, and I posted some links to um, some people who have, and you can do a quick, just do a search for, you know, job interview at Google. I'm sure you can find people who have interviews at Google. Um, I'm sure it's similar to getting any type of job, you know, such as at Avenue A Razorfish or anything like that, but Google does have a certain company culture that they want you to fit and they do go take you through a lot of interviews, maybe sometimes 11 interviews, like Penfold in the chat room is saying, um, that some people have been interviewed 11 times to get there. Um, you know, Chris, what, are your, you know, what do you do over there at Avenue A? What do I... Uh, oh, in terms of uh, hiring people, and is it similar to uh, the way that Google seems to do it? Yeah, sorry for not explaining. Uh, well, you know, we uh, use a, an interesting... Uh, methodology to hire people. We get a lot of people that are involved in the interview and screening process. And, uh, you know, in fact, we are looking for uh, a senior search engine account manager, uh, SEO account manager, and, and a regular account manager. So if you know anyone that uh, wants to work in Philly, we'd love to have them. But uh, they'd be going through uh, phone interviews and then in-person interviews. Uh, they may be asked to, you know, prepare a presentation or something. Uh, and they're going to get a chance to meet with a lot of the uh, the uh, SEO team, um, you know, from the account managers to the analysts to the engineers to uh, the executive positions and so forth. So we get a good uh, idea of whether or not they're going to be a, a cultural fit, and I think that that's probably important at Google as well. I was looking at your post, which I thought was pretty funny about you being the uh, security and safety manager, uh, but and then it got me thinking about, you know, there's probably people that are janitors and so forth at Google that probably don't even really get it, you know, that, that they're working at Google. Ooh, wow, you know, and for us, that'd be all cool and and in a nerdy way, you know, that'd be such an awesome job and so forth. But I, I you know, you know, I think that uh, Google probably has an outstanding uh, uh, methodology for uh, uh, weeding out um, candidates that aren't exactly going to fit, uh, because, you know, with with a company like that, uh, as well as with Avenue A, uh, you know, you need to make sure that it's not going to be just a uh, experience and skills fit, but there's got to be uh, some behavioral um, investigation as well, and, and just make sure that people are going to, um, you know, match up nicely with with uh, with the other people in the office you know there's it's it's important i know at avenue a it's very important that people are comfortable in the workplace and and uh you know the we don't have a strict uh, dress code much like google and and so uh you know just things like that where you can tell kind of during the interview i don't know you you just hired someone so uh uh you know did you go through a, a whole long uh phone and then in person process or w- would you say that you were a little bit more laid back in your interview process well we inter- yeah we hire a lot of people um typically for programmers we go through a process that consists of one getting the resume two um having them complete a kind of online test their, you know, skills in terms of the languages we're looking for, the programming languages we're looking for, and if they do well on that, then we set up a phone interview and then a personal in-person interview. Um, but the person I just hired, um, it was basically an email, hey, you looking, you know, basically a few emails back and forth, you know, I'm looking for this type of job, you, you know, is anything open, and back and forth a few emails, and met with her the day, you know, the Sunday after that email, and, um, you know, chatted for about an hour or two, and then I hired her, like, you know, the next day. So it was very, we're very laid back in terms of how we hire. Um, very easy, because we're a very small company, so there's not lots of 
you know, we, have, we have about you know, 11, 12 people here, so it's not a lot of culture that has to be fit in, and typically the people who want to work here um, are the type of people that, you know, they, if they contact me and they want to work here, they're typically know our culture and they fit in, and this person t- seems to me to be fitting in perfectly, so... Uh, yeah, so, um, and, and it's funny to kind of get back on the search engine marketing uh, theme. I know some, there's some listeners out there like, why are they talking about hiring people? But in, in, in the idea of, of hiring someone for SEO or SEM, I mean, naturally there's going to be a certain amount of vetting that needs to take place in, in terms of what they actually know. It, and it's really kind of funny. I mean, working at a, at a large company, uh, you know, you, you, you come across a lot of people that are interviewing, and, and, and sometimes uh, one will get through the crowd as it were, and come in for an actual in-person interview, and you're like, oh, my God, you know, this person is really not uh, the smartest of persons uh, that uh, that exists out there. And, it, it, you know, for SEOs and SEMs, I think it's easy for us to kind of sniff out, uh, sniff out who really knows what they're talking about versus who uh, has, you know, done a lot of prepping for the for the interview and, and, and doesn't necessarily uh, know what they're talking about or doesn't show an aptitude to be able to do the work in the future. I really think that as an industry as a whole, though, we're going to be, you know, continuing to look for people that have less actual SEO and SEM experience and maybe are just experienced marketers or or uh, they're good with uh, handling accounts, uh, large accounts, uh, for example, and uh, then that they can learn, you know, the, the, the basics uh, of SEO through like, a, you know, a simple certification course or something like that or, or the DMA course or, or uh, one of the other courses that are out there and you can kind of get them ramped up to speed. Um, but I, I would think that, you know, the market right now for, for SEOs and SEMs is really hot. So there's going to be a lot of people that are, um, you know, essentially settling, as it were, for less SEO and SEM experience, as long as they're still going to be a nice uh, cultural fit and they're showing an aptitude and ability to to be able to learn uh, these kind of things. Right. As Jason in the chat room said, there are people who slip through, and it happens with every company. It happened with Google. There's lots of fun stories that happen with Google. This happened with me, you know, a few times where... I hired people that I really shouldn't know, and everybody has their horror stories. And um, try to like limit it. And as you keep hiring, you get better at weeding out the people that fit. And it's just an experience thing. So um, again, if you want that job at Google, hopefully you can read that stuff, and um, you'll improve your chances to start working at Google. All right, let's hit a commercial break now. When we get back, we'll start talking about some um, SEO topics, specifically with a 404 page. All right, let's hit a commercial break now. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with Paper Post, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at Paper Post will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through Paper Post. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. Howdy boys and you girls too I'm here to talk to you about Milnick Media The best CPA network period They sure know how to deliver And I know something about deliverance Now you want to get paid? Damn right you do We'll make sure you get your money Media's got support people who know their ass from their elbow. Need a new jet ski? How about one of them new fangled plasma TVs? Well, Cousin Jeremy here will hook you up with our performance rewards program. Email submits, zip submits, ringtones, hell, we got them all. Yeehaw! Hey there, it's Cousin Jeremy. Get on over to M-I-L-L-N-I-C-Media.com and we'll have you so happy you'll be squealing like a pig. Marketing payouts lacking green, leaving you seeing red? Get your business in the black with NeverBlueAds.com. Sign up with NeverBlueAds.com today and earn an additional $200 for the first $200 generated. Get ready to flash those pearly whites with unique campaigns, real-time stats, great personal service, and high payouts on time every month from NeverBlueAds.com. Results for advertisers, income for affiliates, everybody wins with a better marketing experience from NeverBlueAds.com. 
Don't get caught in a web of confusion. Learn the ropes on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to The Pulse. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, and welcome back to the 23rd edition of The Search Pulse. My name is Barry Schwartz, and with me, Chris Boggs. Again, Ben was unable to make it today. He is out there, um, you know, out there and uh, doing some, uh, you know, exploring of the European area of this world. Anyway, let's get over to... (laughs) I'm sorry, got distracted there a bit. Um, Okay, anyway, let's get back to topics. The next thing I want to discuss was there was a post over at Webmaster World asking how long does Google continue to attempt to crawl pages that you have 404 to obviously return a not found status error. So obviously if your pages are removed, let's say you have a page, you know, xyz.html on your server and you delete it, um, by default the server will report a status of 404, meaning the page has not been found. That that tells Google and other search engines that the page no longer exists. The question is, how long will Google and other search engines continue to crawl that page um, after the, there's a 404? And the, really the answer is, um, it's, it's, I mean, they keep ask, trying to get that page because let's say you, you know, drop that page and you add a new page, but it's the same you know, page or if for, for some reason the page goes down and it returns a 404, and then it goes back up, they continue to access that page as long as there's a link pointing to that page. Uh, obviously, it won't happen as often as you might like, but it happens often enough for Google to actually try and access that page over and over again. Um, in addition, um, obviously, you should have custom 404 pages. That goes without saying. Um, but, yeah, Google will typically keep trying to crawl that page as long as there's something linking to that page. Um, that's basically a simple, quick answer. Chris, do you have anything you, that I missed there that you want to add? No, not really. I mean, it, it, it makes sense that it would have to, as long as there's a link to that page, and it's going to still get crawled. I mean, it, it's not like Google can go into its database and check for pages that are found to be 404s in the past, I mean, uh, before it, it even follows the link. You know, it's a spider that's going to follow whatever links that are out there. Uh, so... Um, right. You know, just it's just going to keep crawling it, and and, and uh, you know, GSMD or whatever his name is, uh, G G one SMD said his explanation as to why it would be like you know, if if somebody um, bought a site or a URL from someone else and then ended up putting a uh, a particular page at, at, that had a couple links to it. And actually put content on there. It wouldn't be fair for them if you know they would never get crawled simply because of some rule like that. But just the the, the logistics behind it, it, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense that Google should be able to check its you know do an additional check just to see if that page list is listed on some 404 list. Don't go here list. You know it, it wouldn't wouldn't make sense. It take too much server time. Right. Um, okay, next topic is, should you block well-paying AdWords squatters from your site? Uh, it's a new, I never heard it before, term AdWords squatter. Um, basically, somebody who, you know, received AdSense ads that say advertise here. Um, the people who actually take all those AdSense blocks you have and put ads on them and outbid everybody else. So this particular guy at Webmaster World, um, had a problem. He said, and let me read it to you because he worded it pretty well, I have this squatter. He buys the entire ad block, so I'm getting just one ad showing at a time. He's, he's there almost constantly. This guy has outbidded every other company normally bidding for that keyword. I find him objectionable. He is the 180 flip of my idea of e-commerce, the opposite of my motto. The site has practices I personally find questionable, Though, from what I could tell, not legal or anything unethical. Uh, We are all in this for money, as you know, and I spent the entire night researching him, looking for concrete reasons to block his ad. Had I found even one, he would be gone, and I would not be posting here. So I am saying now, this is about the money. That's what I'm saying now. He's basically asking, is this just about the money, or should I block him because I feel there's some unethical 
something bad about this guy that I don't want to link my people to link to. And I said, um, if it was me personally, I would block him because for me, it's not about the money. It's about, you know, who are you linking to? And even if it's an ad, you still have to look at who you're linking to. And if you don't trust that guy, then why link to him? Um, Every ad that I put on the site, I try to research, and sometimes I don't do my best researching it, and sometimes things do slip because I'm too busy and I just let it go without looking too carefully, but there are cases where I've blocked several. I mean, I've not, I don't allow every single person who contacts me to advertise, um, advertise on the site, and the question is for him, is it about the money or is it not? And if it's simply about the money, then you know, let it go. And if it's not, then it's not. And these guys, it's funny, because this guy is called an AdWord squatter, where he, I guess, I just like the name. But, yeah. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on the topic? Well, it's an interesting concept. I mean, I agree with you that I would probably block him, um, you know, because, I mean, how much money can he actually be generating um, if he feels that, you know, that, that the guy's uh, not really... It doesn't have good practices, and I would certainly block him. I'm curious if if you'd block him, though, then wouldn't the other uh, couldn't the other advertisers then show up, and and they'd still be paying? I mean, they may not pay exactly as much as him, but then wouldn't right. that just take care of the problem? <laughs> yeah, in his more detailed post, he actually said that they're he's bidding a lot more than the other advertisers. So, so yeah, I guess this, again, it's a question about you know your morals and you know your integrity and yada yada. But that's really that discussion. Um, the next thing is um, Windows Live Search, their head of search, um, Chris Payne, the vice president of Windows Live Search, is decided to leave Microsoft, um, and he will be doing something on his own. He will be not sure what he will be doing, and we don't know who is going to replace him, um, but he was with Microsoft since 2001. Before that, he was with Amazon, and before Amazon, he also worked at Microsoft. So he's been at Microsoft twice already. Um, he's leaving them again. He was in charge, the head guy of the Windows Live Search um, thing, and now they're gone. So um, so that's pretty much that. And Chris, you want to say anything about the, uh, the uh, Windows Live guy? Um, nice smile. Yeah, I have a picture up there on the blog if you want to take a look at it. So, yeah, it seems like it's a blow to Microsoft since they're not doing so well. Um, yeah, that's, but, that's uh, a bummer for him. Uh, you know, they got a, a pretty good guy from Avenue A uh, uh, recently, or uh, who had already left Avenue A, but uh, Harrison Mangan. I don't know if you remember him from the conferences or not. Uh, no, I don't, actually. I don't know. They all start to blend in. Um, all right, let's move on to the next topic. Um, I, I actually haven't heard of Ramirez, 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 Microsoft. Do you remember him? Or no? Uh, no. Uh, he was like the guy who spoke on the panels. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, curly hair. I haven't seen him around in a while either. But I saw him on PBS once. Um, something hmm. about automation and stuff. Nothing to do with Microsoft, so I thought that was interesting. Um, anyway, fine. Let's move on to the next topic, which is about... Yahoo Quick Links. It's basically, you know about Google Site ma- um, site Links, the links that appear under a search result. So if you do a search on, let's say, search as your roundtable, up come these um, four links to the, to the sections of search and roundtable in Google. Yahoo has been, since September 2005, um, adding Quick Links, it's their version of Site Links, to, um, to what's it called, to their uh, search results. So a search on Walmart in the past had Quick Links to find a store, online catalog, in stores now. And also, they, they actually recently changed that to send you to a local result. So now if you do a search on Walmart, it will bring you up a quick link. It doesn't classify as quick link. It just says hyperlink to Walmart near you, and that will take you to Yahoo Local. Um, also, yeah, Yahoo does this for, for, what's it called, for all Wikipedia entries, and they do it for some other sites on a random basis. The question is, what is that random basis? And Chris, I think you might have more information on that. Uh, well, first of all, yeah, I think this is uh, it's it is funny the way that it has been kind of uh, flying under the radar, uh, as it were, um, you know, and and especially with all the uh, hoopla over the Google site links, uh, which are great. Uh, the one thing that's that's cool to know about these Yahoo Quick Links too is that if you use the uh, Search Submit or the Search Submit Pro, you can actually, uh, uh, you know, as part of your uh, of your uh, listing that gets put in there, um, you can um, 
actually include some quick links in that too. So uh, it's it's something that uh, I think that will help them. Uh, first of all, I think it'll help uh, Yahoo, you know, regain some of those uh, searchers that uh, they're trying to get back. I think it's great to have as many links to possible uh, important pages on a website within uh, a search engine results page uh, as possible, um, especially if they're based on uh, you know internal and in, you know links to those pages or just uh, the, the the pages that seem to get the most traffic, uh, giving giving people a choice of multiple pages to go on a particular website is great. It, it kind of goes against uh, the old, I mean, the old school SEO way of thinking was that everything is page-based, and I know that Rand recently wrote something that's, that is is a good point, is that, uh, you know, that there is stuff that's site-based as well, and uh, this is an example where if you get, if you work on your site across the board, you're going to have a chance of getting these these better listings, in my opinion, with the quick links. And once again, you can also uh, affect these through the Yahoo Search Submit system. Right. That's interesting. I saw somebody comment in, the, in our forums about the Search Submit program, and um, I was looking to get more information about it, so I guess you're the man with more information, so that's good. Maybe I'll do a follow-up post about Search Submit and how those quick links work, because I agree, yeah, definitely. It would be worth a lot of money to have those extra links in the search results, and Yahoo does allow you to have a lot of extra links from, you know, obviously quick links to RSS feeds to save this page and all these other types of things out there. I think, um, Barry, I think that the one that you have in your, um, as an example for the book Cheap Travel, Cheap Holidays, to me that looks suspiciously like a a search submit uh, uh, result, uh, the mytravel.com. But I could be wrong, but uh, I'm not sure exactly which search you did for that. We'd have to go in and look at that and see if you can find a cache. All right, yeah. Anyway. I mean, it's in there. But, yeah, I'll take a deeper look and hopefully have a post up next week about it or in the next few days. Um, all right, so after this, um, next topic is, it's kind of a boring topic. Um, it's really one of those newsy topics. Uh, Microsoft squealing on Google over book copyright issues. So March 7th, um, I posted that over the weekend, routers had an article saying Microsoft to blast Google for its copyright policy. Um, basically, the Microsoft Associate General Counsel, their big lawyer, Thomas Rubin, was just basically whining and crying about how Google handles their copyright with the book search thing. And then Danny Sullivan had an unbelievable write-up, really, really long, dissecting Microsoft's plans at Google as a copyright infringer. And he went into a deep discussion. I really didn't dig it deep into it. I just linked pretty much to their articles and then linked to a creative site forums discussion as well as Webmaster World forums discussion. Basically, Danny agreed with some of the points, but not with most of the points. And as you know, Microsoft also has um, a book search. And um, I'm not really sure what to add on this, but it just seemed pretty... I don't know. I didn't like it overall, but the whole, the whole thing about it. Uh, Chris, you want anything to add about it or no? Uh, it's just, you know, it's one of those things, part of business. There's going to be people suing people somewhere. And, uh, I mean, Microsoft probably has a case if, if they're, uh, you know, bringing it out this, this high, you know. Right. Okay. All right. Let me ask your opinion on whoever do a search in Google, spell something wrong, and you get a did you mean? Did you ever get that? But yeah, I did. I have. Do you find those results to be biased towards American English? You never oh, yeah, for sure. So there was a post over at Webmaster the World saying, you know, don't you think, you know, their spell checker, whatever it is, is biased, biased towards American English? And after digging around some more in the Google help documents for their spell checker, it says Google spell checking software automatically looks at a query and checks to see if you're using the most common version of a word spelling. It calculates, if it calculates that you're likely to generate more relevant search results with an alternative spelling, it will ask you, did you mean? Um, basically, in short, Google um, uses spell checker is based on common occurrence. How, you know, what's the most common version, common search for uh, spelling of that, of that keyword? And it's across all words on the Internet. So if there are more web pages about, um, you know, in the American English style, then yes, Google will be more biased towards American English. 
is it a stupid topic? Somebody could, you know, somebody said, is this a stupid topic to write about? But actually, I just found it very interesting in terms of, you know, how that works. I never looked at, you know, how does Google spell checker actually work? It's not just a simple dictionary. It's based on common occurrence, which I found to be pretty interesting. What do you think, Chris? Um, it's, you know, it makes sense. <laughs> If it's a more common spelling and it's Google.com, I'm, I'm curious if you go and type in rumors at Google.co.uk, you're not, it, it's, you know, it says, okay, you're not given, did you mean rumors, but it will, if you search it in, in the uh, European spelling of it at co.uk, does it give you the, did you mean rumors with the American spelling? Yeah, I think he said it, I don't know, I think he said it did, but I don't see it myself, so we'll see. Yeah. I know, it's just interesting in general how they work. Yeah. All right, let's hit one more topic, and then we're going to lightning round. So the last topic before we go into lightning round is that Google Maps added some features. Um, they allowed you to add photos, um, custom attributes, um, map corrections, and statistics for your Google local business ad. So I tried. I played with it. I wrote a long post over at Search Engine Land on how to actually do this, but I also put a video up at Search Engine Roundtable on how to customize your marker. So let's say you're like your, that pinpoint, that... Google marker, the red little icon that shows where that business is. If it's a little bit off, and for my business it was, and probably still is, um, how do you actually change it? So what I did is I showed how I actually, I demonstrated how you can actually drag and drop the pin onto a new location and actually will reset it and after it's been approved by Google. So I found that pretty interesting, so I did a little screencast on that. Um, I assume you didn't have time to play with it, Chris. I haven't, but, uh, you know, I... And just on a kind of a higher level, you know, obviously this is yet another important reminder uh, to any small businesses out there that should be using Google Maps and, you know, ch check it. Just like reputation monitoring nowadays, if you, you got to check your Google Maps and make sure that it's accurate because uh, I've gotten burned by uh, Internet Maps in the past and it doesn't leave... People happy. Plus, it's another way to get traffic, especially. And, and if you don't have an actual website, you know, it's a way to have some presence on the uh, on the internet. Right. So, right. On the internets. And, and Danny Sullivan talked about it the other week. Um, he mentioned that shoe money, Jeremy Shoemaker. Um, he actually um, would probably take advantage of this by posting some pretty interesting pictures because now you can upload pictures to your Google Maps um, for your business listing. You can actually upload any picture you want that. You know, and obviously Google will approve those pictures. Obviously, they don't want you uploading anything adult or anything you know, uh, offensive. But because um, of the whole my blog blog thing, Danny joked that it would be funny for Shoe Money to actually go ahead and do something like that with Google Maps. Mm -hmm. um, and speaking of Shoe Money, his show is going to be live in a few minutes um, after our lightning round. So let me just quickly round up and let's hit our lightning round now. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you, Chris. Um, all right, so lightning round. Third-party Google AdSense abuse. Um, should not harm an AdSense account holder, according to a Google co-op Google engineer. I don't believe it. Basically, they're saying if somebody on a third-party site is harming you um, by using posting your AdSense code um, and doing some fraudulent clicks, it will not hurt you, but I think he's mistaken. Um, there was a post on verifying your bots, making sure Google.com is actually sending that Google bot. Take a look at it. Um, Greg Nyland, our new contributor, has posted his first post, uh, and it's named, Is Paid RRS Link Beneficial or Not? Do those paid links actually benefit your site or not? And there's a webmaster world thread about that. Uh, another thread is, um, can you place Google AdSense ads on a 404 page or thank you page? And that really depends on the actual page itself, what's on that page. Let's take a look at that. It's not black and white, as you might expect. How do you export your Google AdWords campaigns? I did a post on how to do that because some people want to import into their Yahoo um, Panama campaign. Um, Google Chinese Directory is live, um, has a lot of Ajax features. Um, how do you get your ads into Google Gmail, into Google's Gmail thing? So there's ways to do that. Um, there's a new Grease Monkey script out there that adds page rank data, anchor text, linkage, link status, and no follow data to your Google Webmaster Central link tool, which we discussed earlier today. Um, is, there, is it possible to get a perfect quality score in Yahoo Search Marketing? Uh, yes, it is. Um, Google AdWords quality professionals are, are valid for two years. Microsoft AdCenter expands their content network. Opt-out is required, so keep that in mind. Yahoo did not announce YPN is going international, so stop talking about Yahoo Publisher Network going international. It has not announced anything about that. Yahoo Compliance Manager warnings was just an accident from last week. We discussed they went out. It's just an accident. It's not reality. 
And Robert Charlton is a new moderator over at Webmaster World, Google News Forum. So that pretty much wraps up the 23rd edition of the Search Pulse. I would suppose to recap tomorrow afternoon after the show's archived at seroundtable.com. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at barry or rustybrick.com or comment in tomorrow's post. Again, that was the 23rd edition of the Search Pulse. It took place Tuesday, March 13th. Um, ben will hopefully be back next week, but we do not have a show next week because there will be live coverage with Webmaster World over at next Expo Conference. Thank you, Chris, for coming in, and uh, as always, and tune in next in about a minute to Shoe Money's um, his show. It's up next. Everybody, Shoe. net income. Everybody have a great day.